Welcome to The Deep Place on Creativity and Spirituality. Friends, you are listening to Season 3 of The Deep Place Podcast. And in this season, we are going on a journey, the creative journey. My name's Joel McCarrow, and I'll be somewhat of a guide through the strange and wild lands that make up our creative worlds. So would you take my hand, shake the dust, pick up your packs, and let's go. The Deep Place podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, a land that was stolen. As a podcast, we pay our respects to the traditional custodians and storytellers of this land. And we thank Auntie Di Kerr for her blessing to tell stories and poetry on this land. Well, I'm sitting here with a friend of mine, Emma Wyndham Chalmers from The Gentling, which I actually, I love the name of, of your band, The Gentling. Tell me about The Gentling. What's that name? So um, Gentling, you might have heard the term breaking in a horse, breaking a horse. Um, yeah. And that's the process by which you take a wild horse and, and make it rideable and, and the sort of the traditional way of doing well, in some cultures, the traditional way of doing that is to break the horse. So gentling is an alternative way of um, developing that relationship where the horse will be rideable um, by a rider. Ah. And as the name suggests, it's, um, yeah, a different way of going about it, which is very much, yeah, about establishing trust, um, yeah, through curiosity and relationship. Like horse whispering. Yeah. Like horse whispering. <laughs> Along those lines. So so in relation to in relation to your musicality, so you the, you are a singer-songwriter, uh, Emma, and it's wonderful to have you on the podcast. And in, in relation to your um, to your creativity, what's the gentling got to how did why did you call it the gentling? So um, the gentling is very much a collaborative um, process of with mm. myself and, and a couple of um, my friends. A um, couple of wild brumbies. A <laughs> couple of wild brumbies um, <laughs> who prefer not to be named, otherwise I would name them. But um, Oh, really? Do yes. they? <laughs> um, and I suppose, look, coming up with a band name um, is quite the process, I think, for anyone who's tried to do that before and we tried a few <laughs> on before we got to that. But I think um, yeah. for each of us, like where we were coming to this project, um, you know, in our stage of life and also in our relationship with our creativity, it was this process for each of us in, I suppose, being broken in a way um, mm. through the creative mm. process, but in an ourselves, but also with each other in this um, context of being open, vulnerable, and then developing trust, you know, and that's so important in any kind of, you know, creative collaboration. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then how that, how that related to our own sort of personal journeys as well of stepping into more of who we are as people, as creatives and yeah, it just seemed to fit. Wow. I really love it. I really love it as an, as an image of, um, I mean, it's a great band name, but as an image of coming into creativity um, with that, especially as you said, like there's the way that 
we'd often perceive a horse being broken in, taking a wild brumby and domesticating mm. them. Um, but actually this gentling, this connection, horse whispering, like it's a, it, like that feels like a beautiful, um, a beautiful thing in regards to the wild creativity that we have, like that we can either, uh, and, and in our society and because of life, et cetera, and that creativity gets domesticated, like that wildness gets domesticated. But perhaps the job of the creative is to not domesticate it into a, a, a no longer wild animal, but actually take that wildness and connect with it and, um, and have that relationship with it and slowly but surely work out how to ride this beast um, is that kind of the idea? Yeah, completely. And there's such a freedom in it, mm. this sort of free giving of yourself, this free submission of yourself to the process, um, as well mm. as to the people, you know, that you're working with, that you're creating with. Um, there's mm. no being dragged in against your will, but at the same time, it is this sort of breaking down of walls or barriers or fears or, mm. or whatever they might be. Mm. So. Yeah. So that's oh, wild. <laughs> that's it. wild in itself. I love that. That is wonderful. What a what a beautiful name. It's really really great. So tell us we've just kind of delved into your band name. Tell us <laughs> about you though, Emma. Your give us a little bit of your creative story. Um, people won't know. There might be a few people who know who you are. <laughs> Probably who not many. <laughs> but not too many. Tell us about you, um, Emma. Yeah, well, I suppose you've started with my my first creative love, which is music yeah. and songwriting. Uh, that is something that I have done um, since I was a very young girl. Um, hmm. And it was certainly a way that I was able to make sense of the world and find hmm. beauty in it, um, even when it wasn't pretty. <laughs> um, hmm. So it's held a very special place in my life um, and a very special mm. purpose for me, um, this creative expression. Were your, were your parents, was someone in your life musical? Is that why it started or do you just picked it up really early? Um, not, uh, they were musical, yes. Um, there was music yeah. in our life. There was no sort of, it wasn't a profession um, in my household growing up. But, you know, I was sent off to, to piano lessons when I was five, five yeah. or so. And, and so it started early and, and I happened upon, yeah, a great teacher who was able to, I think, connect with me as a, as a little person mm. and um, learn to play by mm. ear. And, you know, it was just, yeah, a really beautiful thing in my life. Yeah, that's cool. Is there a, um, is there a moment or a time like you said, it kind of helped you to see the beauty in the world, even when things were a bit ugly. Is there a moment or an, or an experience or an overall time where it was like, when you kind of realise, oh, I, I need this thing. Like, this is my thing to release stuff, to get stuff out, to process through the world. Do you remember, can you remember back to that, that time? Um, I think I've probably, when I've been in that creative process, that has just always mm. felt like my natural home. Um, mm. The wrestle for me has been as, you know, life goes on and you have to make decisions about what you do and um, how mm. you earn a living and, and how you sort of interact in the world and not, I suppose, you know, when, when I first left school and, and making those decisions, not sort of feeling courageous enough to really pursue that 
as a career um, and choosing other things. So there's always been this tension and this wrestle for me between, yeah, Yeah. those choices um, vocationally that I've made but not being able to let it go, not being able to let the music and the Mm. creativity go. Um, And it's probably Mm. been even just very recently that I have felt so um, certain about the fact that this is me, this is how I need to be in the world. Whatever I do, Mm. this has to be part of it. Um, Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Is there, does it come out in other ways for you, your creativity? So singer, songwriter is kind of yeah, the main thing. Yeah, I think thing. that's where it started. But yes, I think it absolutely does. Um, mm. And I am discovering that. I think, you know, so when I first left school, I, I studied economics, which seems at the other end of, yeah. of the spectrum in terms of choices um, you might make. But, yeah. you know, I got into, you know, the corporate world and found my way into communications, which I mm. certainly think was this sort of pull towards storytelling, essentially, you know, and connecting yeah. with yeah. people. And from that corporate experience sort of took that communications then further into um, the area of advocacy and campaigning. So it was storytelling around issues that I was really passionate and and convicted about. So I certainly think creative expression and connection with people through stories is is something that's woven through, um, yeah, those other parts of mm. my life and, and then just more generally in, in how I live in my house, how I, you know, what my house looks like and yeah, how I interact with my kids and what we put on the table to serve our friends when they're around. It's all part of it. A tuning out, a burning out, a quiet So you're a mum and you work for Tear Fund, where I'm the artist ambassador for, and so passionate about social issues, etc. You do lots of different stuff in in that world, the activist world. You're, um, and then this creative side as well. How do you do? You feel like the creativity then just becomes a hobby on the side, or or does it? It sounds like for you that it isn't like that it becomes part of how you work and part of how you as you said play in your house and design your house like all that kind of stuff brings in the creativity um but how how do you hold these things together for you so I have felt for a long time um I think most of my experience over my working life has been in the wrestle Mm. (laughs) and the tension and feeling as though those things were compartmentalized and not integrated Mm. in a way. And Mm. that's been this constant sort of niggle and and more than a niggle, like really a grief, Mm. (laughs) much more than a niggle, a grief. A grief, Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's a larger word (laughs) than niggle, grief. (laughs) The grief that you can't, the grief that you struggle to hold them together, grief that you lose the creator, what's the grief? It's been hard to put words to, which is sometimes I find it, hardest to put the words, even though the words, words, I love words, words is what I do. Um, But these really deep things, you know, they can be hard to put the words to. Um, And 
my thinking for a long time has been that it's about what I do, that I'm not doing the thing I'm meant to be mm. doing. But more mm. recently, that has shifted, I think, into being who I am and recognising that I am that same person in each of these different realms and that um, the grief is not so much that I'm doing the wrong thing but that I'm not bringing my whole and authentic self to what it is I'm doing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So for a while it was a grief that you, it was kind of the grief of, I don't know, of regret or of I wish I was over here doing these things, whether it's, I don't know, full-time musician life or I should be doing this, I should, that was the grief. But now it's actually, it's, um, it's not the grief of regret. It's a grief of, I don't know, of learning how to be who, maybe, and maybe it changes mm. from grief into growth, into growth, like the growth of actually whether I am, whether I was a full-time musician or here trying to make things work and it doesn't look how I once thought it was going to, but still could I find, mm. could I be me yeah. here? And and holding that perspective, like for me that changes it from mm. from grief and regret and, and the, gra- the grass is greener on the other side to actually what's the grass I'm standing on here and how can I find yeah. joy in that here? Is yeah, that the movement? Yeah, it certainly has changed it and I feel differently now because um, a part mm. of even my own internal struggle with this was that if you look at my life, like there's nothing wrong with it, really. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, in many ways, so good. I'm so lucky, so yeah. privileged. Mm. And, you know, I have a healthy and wonderful family and, and you know, and good work to do. You know, I'm, I love, I've loved the work mm. that I've done and it's good and I really believe in it. And without those things shifting, you know, it hasn't been from the outside looking in some sort of like seismic shift Mm. externally, even though things are, you know, things Mm. change and evolve and doing slightly different things. But I feel differently because of Mm. who I'm allowing myself to be, who I'm admitting to myself that I am and allowing myself to be in those different circumstances and saying, yes, well, someone else doing this job would do it differently, but I do it as Emma and and these are the gifts and the strengths that I bring and this is my vision here. And, Mm. yeah, so it's just bringing more of that and who I am, which is, you know, creative and an artist in the sense, I suppose, of, of pursuing beauty and truth and connection and Mm. revelation and challenge, you know, all of those things. um, That's what I bring. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Does your creativity come easy for you? With that change of perspective, maybe it, uh, did that change how your creativity then comes or, or maybe it's still just an absolute <laughs> bloody walking through wet cement trying to be creative? Does, it, does creativity um, come easy for you? Easier, yeah, I think so, because it takes away mm. 
the fear, mm. just that allowing, yeah. just the turning up. I am, you know, I am what I am and I, I bring what I bring. And um, yeah. rather than having, and I'd, we might talk about this, you know, the different aspects of your person and those character traits and, and the different sort of voices in, yeah. in your head that influence you in any given situation, I think... Um, Allowing myself and trusting who I am brings a lot of yeah, freedom yeah. Um, to explore yeah. and play and try stuff. <laughs> yeah, which makes a big difference. Yeah. I just, I absolutely love it because, like, I know that so many people listening to the podcast wish that their life looked different. Like, so, I mean, so not just <laughs> listening to the podcast, so many people in the world, like uh, so many of us wish, ah, oh, I wish that this played out differently. I wish that my, that I could be a full-time creative just in terms of creative stuff. I wish that I could have got this job or be published by this person or had this commission, like all of our wishes, all of our wanting um, actually takes us, kind of what you said to a, a place of fear. Like we then start creating out of fear that we're not going to get that, like a place mm. of fear and of grasping. Like I'm going to grasp at whatever I can get a handle on to take me from where I am to somewhere else. But what I love about what you're saying is actually your creativity is coming now out of that place of being present to who you are now and going, I don't, I don't need the externals to change if I can change my internal perspective in the here and now, then, then every, like the externals might remain the same, but everything mm. actually changes mm. for you in that moment when you change that, just that slight, it's not even slight, like it's a massive change of perspective to, to be grounded in who we are now and be okay with that rather than this chasing and grasping and going for what we want. Like I just want, I think if, if we could take hold of that, like if that could be the wellspring out of which our creativity flows, then uh, it just becomes so mm -hmm. much easier. And joyful. <laughs> or so much less joyful. And yeah. joyful, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so full of, of joy. A few quick words from the sponsors. The Practice Co says that they do daily devotions that are holistic, inclusive, and cliche-free. And I can attest to that. I can say absolutely they do. And if you yourself are listening to the Deep Place podcast on creativity and spirituality, if you want some of that holistic, inclusive, cliche-free reflections on the spiritual journey that I have no doubt are going to help you no end, then please go along, have a look at thepracticeco.com and you'll be able to download their app or check at least check out their socials, The Practice Co on Instagram. And they're just doing amazing things and I think you should get on it. The write-up about the Creativity and Spirituality Unit at ACOM, the Australian College of Ministry, says this, for too long within the Christian world, things like creativity, beauty, and imagination have been seen as an added-on extra for some folk who might be into those things, an ornamental decorative addition or an illustrative tool for preachers, whereas the things that really matter is the stuff of doctrine, truth, and ethics. But this unit dares to ask the question, what if creativity were to take its place alongside those other important things as absolutely integral to one's faith formation. 
It's a question not just asked within this unit, but intentionally engaged with as students develop their own creative rhythms and reflect on the impact this has upon their spiritual formation. If that sounds good to you, go and have a look at acom.edu.au. Shoot them an email and say you're interested in the creativity and spirituality unit that Joel McCarrow teaches. So tell me about these, um, you mentioned it before and we said, um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, cause we had a, a great chat about <laughs> yeah. um, the voices in your head. Tell me about the, <laughs> tell me about the voices that yeah, are in your I head. Know. How long have you got? Um, <laughs> no. So these, the, well, there are two, <laughs> there are two particular, there are two, there are two key main voices. voices. And they do, I think, represent that wrestle and that struggle, um, that I was describing, mm. this sense of being pulled in different directions. And for me, focus on it's about what I'm doing, you know, it's a question of vocation and what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I, I was exploring this with a coach, a professional coach, uh, this question of what I should be doing and what I should do next and going through this, you know, sort of process of, okay, well, here are my strengths and these are the things I enjoy doing and this is what I'm good at. These are the people I like working with and, you know, one of those career discernment processes. And I shared yeah. the results with my coach and she said, well, it's it's obvious what, what you should be doing. And I said, oh, look, I don't know. You know, I'm still not sure. I still feel really <laughs> torn in these different directions. And she's okay. Yeah. She said, yeah, so tell me, well, tell me about those two different directions. And I said, well, there's a part of me that, you know, just wants to hide away in my shed and, and create and be, mm-hmm. you know, just get up and not have breakfast in the morning, not shower, just head straight out and... <laughs> be a mad creative genius and but then there's this other part of me that just fears obscurity and for my life Mm. just when it finishes for it to mean nothing and you know there's this other part of me that Mm. wants to be out in the world and and connecting and making a difference and having an impact and really changing things and being seen and being engaged and I don't know how to reconcile these two things because I feel like if I choose one I'm giving up the other and I don't know yeah. which one to give up. And yeah. so yeah. she said, okay, well, if we were to give these two characters names, she was, you know, she called them out as, as two different characters because yeah. they were so strong, um, yeah. Um, yeah. what would you name them? And, and very quickly I was able to name my, my create, you know, this creative, this one that just wants to create and explore and go deep. That was Joni. Um, yeah. Joni. Joni. Named, Named after the Joni. Named. <laughs> the great Joni. It just came so immediately. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. And then the other the other character I named Jane, um, which was in part for its similarity to Joni, but also I had an image in my mind of someone I'd gone to university with who was just such an achiever, <laughs> such an achiever, perfect hair, on time, you know, she was she was going right. places. So, yeah, she was the inspiration yeah, for that right. name there. And and um, so not quite not like plain not Jane. Not plain Jane. But a, a, no, just yeah. um, efficient, uh, productive, hmm. getting it done, Jane. Uh, so those were yeah. those were the two characters. And and what we actually did was um, have a conversation where we took turns. One of us would be Joni. And one of us would be Jane. And we got to talk and nice. and got to hear, I got to hear um, 
what the wow. other one would say, might say, and I got to hear what, you know, whoever I was being might say um, in the context of a conversation. And um, that wow. was incredibly powerful because I was able to voice things that I hadn't, you know, just without having the awareness or the consciousness and, yeah, being able to ascribe them as characters, you know, fleshing them out and yeah. making it three-dimensional, yeah, I was able just to explore it in a way that was very helpful, very powerful. It's so good. I love it. And I love that it enabled you not to, because your original question was like, how do I get rid of yes. one of them? Like, how do I, I want to, I don't want this part of me. I want it like, um, but perhaps now it sounds like Jane and Joni are still living inside you. Like you haven't gotten rid of them and, and maybe they're actually communicating yeah. to each yeah. other and to you. Yeah. Like, are you? Do, do these two, do they fight much? <laughs> do, they, do they fight or do they get on well together? So one of the things that I realised was that within myself, and I don't know how this happened and I don't think it's anything clinical, but it's just helpful to give them names, <laughs> um, yeah. was that they evolved to solve different problems for me, really. Um, these different skills and attributes are two very different ways of engaging with the world. Mm. Um, And I suppose for me, Mm. probably have come from, there is a bit of fear, (laughs) you know, that drives both of these people. Um, One, or characters, one more so than the other. So they both both sort of solve different problems for me. Um, But I think what I realised was there was a real lack of trust. Joni was really Hmm. rejecting (laughs) my Jane and my Jane was really rejecting and not trusting my Joni. And my Jane had certainly had the front, had been in the driver's seat. Um, And what I realised was I wanted my Joni in the driver's seat um, with my Jane as a very active (laughs) (laughs) co-pilot. That's yeah. so good. So it's definitely been a reconciliation. Yeah, it sounds like it. So in the process like that we're talking about before, the life process that you've been going on, it sounds like these two would have pay, played quite a prevalent role as well in terms of you wanting this, um, having that, um, I want to be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be out here doing, 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 is that that's what you mm. said, that Jane had kind of taken over um, and, and part of re-embracing maybe the this creative beautiful Joni self is is going yeah he's putting Joni in the in the seat and and what you what we were talking about before in terms of um not the grasping but the holding of um space for Mm -hmm. yourself and um and out of that presentness then letting that being kind of the wellspring of our creativity now I I wonder it like both Jane and Joni get to speak into your creativity, which is wonderful. It's mm, so good. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. And this is quite new, <laughs> so I'm still living yeah. into, into yeah. this. But it's yeah. it's a combination of spending time with Joni, <laughs> getting to know Joni yeah. Um, yeah. so that I can trust that part of myself then, um, where, you know, when it's just me or just us, <laughs> yeah. um, so that then in other contexts where Jane, where, where my Jane would be like, I'll take it from here, you know, I know what to do yeah. here. Um, it's okay for that to step aside and 
and actually allow this other part of myself to take the lead, you know, in other sort of contexts. Yeah. Tide comes in high and takes me by surprise and down at my feet the ground is washing away. I know this feeling is sinking and reaching and I really don't need it. When we were chatting and you were talking about this to me and I said, I'd love you to come onto the podcast and talk about this because I think it's actually incredibly helpful for all of us because I think we, um, all of us have those mm-hmm. binaries in our lives of the thing, the pull this way and then the pull the opposite way. Um, and, and I think it's actually a really helpful and beautiful way to, um, to reconcile those um, disparate, parts of ourselves that we there's all there is like you said there's always there seems to be the one that's in Mm. the driver's seat that kind of governs everything and and most of the time that is the one that is our fear-based uh one the one that we have used which has been really helpful like as you're saying both of Mm. these are so needed like it's it's been it's the one that has helped us protect ourselves and to um be competent in life in a very chaotic Mm. world um, we all need that Jane, but then, yeah, so many of us have left that other part of ourselves um, behind. And and it, whether it's that same exact same binary as you, like I think about it for me, um, maybe you can help me name <laughs> my binaries right now. <laughs> you know their names, Joe. <laughs> um, and even and I know that in saying in in, sp- in separating what I really don't want our audience to think in separating them out that we're saying compartmentalization of our lives is a good thing but actually it's it's the discussion mm, between the two that's yeah. the good thing it's recognizing whether we give them names or not the reality is most of us have separated these two out and it's the integration mm. of them it's the it's them being friends to Jane and Joni hanging out and being friends together that's what we're after that's what we're kind of after so for me what would my my I mean, a major binary that I see in my life, one, I would have the part of me that that is driven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. achieving, entrepreneurial, I need to do this and I'm going to do it well and I'm going to give 300% to it and it's going to yep. succeed. Like that's a definite part of me and... Um, uh, I mean, anyone who sees all the things that I do would know that. And I thrive off that. Like, I love that. I love having 20 projects. I love succeeding at things, giving my all to things. Um, and I can name that. And I love that part of myself. But I know that it, um, I know that it, and maybe we can give it a name <laughs> in a he, second. Yes. <laughs> See, I'm calling it it because I, he, I know that he, we'll, we'll just change it to he for now. Um, he has in unhealthy ways been the driver of mm. my life and that has led to the fracturing of relationships to burnout at times for me to people feeling like I have uh, I don't know like left them behind because yeah. uh, I'm powering on etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so then there's the other part of me that loves that would love to <laughs> if I allowed them to to be okay with just sitting in the sun mm-hmm. and doing nothing and drinking a coffee and spending all day doing wow. that and have not producing a thing but slowing down, slowing down, slowing down and not having to do anything um, because 
the he, the other part of me, um, uh, oh, that's interesting. I feel like the he, I do, I feel like it's a he oh, and a she. Oh, interesting, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm holding both. Like, and, and I suppose it is, like there's, a, there's the masculine, mm-hmm. the drive, the achieving, the, like that's very masculine mm-hmm. energy. And the other we could say is feminine energy. And I think both of those. So maybe I need to give mm-hmm. them a he and a her mm-hmm. name um, and, and just kind of allow her more space in my life. Like even, even yesterday, I had, like I've had a crazy two weeks of lots of schools. Like one day I had five two-hour sessions between two different schools, like running workshops and teaching and stuff, performing. Um, five two, between t- two different schools, a library, and then the writer's studio that I do stuff at all in one day. It's like 10 hours straight of teaching, um, pretty much back to back, on the back of like two weeks of school stuff and performing and doing, going, driving four hours up to Beechworth <laughs> to perform at a thing and like... So much. And, and that's... So <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. And so then, I, so then I'm like, and this is the insane thing. Like I'm sitting there and I've got maybe 15 minutes, right? And I'm like, okay, what can I get done in this 15 minutes? In between. <laughs> okay, it's extreme. In between teaching. It's beautiful. Yes. It's yes, beautiful. It is extreme. It's extreme. I'm being very vulnerable right now. Um, <laughs> And, and then I remembered I'd hung out with a friend um, the night before and she was like, tomorrow on this crazy day, you have to go because I was near the beach. You have to go and put your, your feet mm. into the water and just be there. And, and so I, in my head, I'm like, all right, 15 minutes, what am I going to get done? And then mm. the voice of my friend comes in, go put your feet in the water. Don't do mm. anything. And I'm like, but I've got these things and I've got this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And I went, no, okay, I... And so I drove five minutes down the road to put my feet in the water for five minutes to then quickly get back to the car to drive five minutes back to the school to start the next session. And it was exactly what I needed to do. And and it was just that five minutes alone was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Like in the crazy busyness that is this this few weeks and my life is always in seasons yeah. so it's crazy busy for a while and then and then not much as many artists life is so my life is definitely not like this extreme capacity all the time it comes in and out mm. of seasons but I'm um, mm. they're my two mm. they're my two definitely they're, they're definitely my, two aren't they <laughs> like such a contrast yeah such a contrast and yeah. I want yeah I wonder if for everyone there is one part that is that sort of that feels like there's more fear that would take over even if yeah. it's not it's not only fear yeah. like there's lots of good and positive in that driven and and productive and That's pursuit right. of excellence and an impact and all of those things it's not bad but it's almost like um once you get that momentum and on that roll it's scary to put the brakes on or even just pause yeah. for a moment. I wonder if that's a say, <laughs> if that's yeah. a common thread, because I can relate. I think it's, it absolutely is a common thread. And it's one of those, like, it's, and it's a common thread in my life. It's the common thing I keep coming back to all the time. Like, I'll have, I, mm. I have the seasons where he takes over. All right, we need to give him a name in a second. Yes, I was going to say, I'm, so yeah. what, what's coming? <laughs> I wanted to ask what names are coming. Um, um, 
I so uh, what name is coming? Let me let me flesh this out a bit. So I. Uh, this part of me is a big part of my, I'm an Enneagram 3, mm. the achiever. Um, and I wrote about the Enneagram 3 in my human kind of, I was doing poetry and painting and that kind of thing. And it was a hair, mm-hmm. like it was a, it was a, it was a hair as in like the hair and the tortoise yes. is yes. kind of the feel of these two parts of me actually. Um, and so maybe it's the name of a hair and the name of a tortoise <laughs> really. <laughs> Is what I'm getting at. What's a what's a what's a hair name? A Peter Rabbit. Peter? A Peter. Is it Peter? No, I don't like the name Peter. No, no. offense to anyone whose name's Peter. But he's just not your rabbit. He's <laughs> just not my rabbit. What is this hair? What is this? It's not hair? like Johnny Jumper, is it? <laughs> Johnny Jumper. When, uh, when you first started describing him, I was like, oh, we should just call him John because he's yeah. very similar to Jane, but um, <laughs> it might be something else for you. The Driven John, the Driven John. What's my name? No, I need, a, I need a, no, I don't. I don't need a name. It's John who wants, it's John. It's he. Oh, maybe his name is John. John. No, his name is he wants me to have a name. Like he wants me to make it concrete and go, this is, but tortoise, mm. my tortoise self is like, just chill, <laughs> man. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> just because you're on a podcast oh, talking so to a few thousand people doesn't mean you need to work this out. So maybe, maybe they can just be hair me and, and mm. tortoise me for now. And, and the tortoise is a her. Tortoises can be hers, I'm sure. Of course. There's gotta I would be, think that's, gotta be female that's part tortoises. of how they survive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's a her mm. tortoise and it's a he mm. hair. That's a that's pretty good to come to in a five minute. Very yeah. vulnerable. I feel like I've just gone. Here's all my <laughs> shit, everyone, for you to go. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Joel was screwed up like the rest I know. of us. It's very. <laughs> I was trying to think. How do I say this in a way that you know keeps it within the realms of. <laughs> life's not falling apart it's still functional it's very functional and I was going to say I think um, part of the helpfulness that I found for me is that it's the externalizing you know giving getting it outside Mm. of yourself um, into a form from I find that in terms of processing and, and understanding and getting clarity a very helpful thing maybe the more internal processor wouldn't find that as helpful or as powerful but for me to give it this sort of external form and character is yeah part of the value of it I'm so gonna do that I'm gonna sit with an imaginary (laughs) hare and an imaginary tortoise um or turtle which either way um and have a Mm. chat with them I think that's so bloody helpful um to do that and I wonder for I mean for everyone listening as well like the question obviously coming out of this is is what are you is who are yours who what is this this binary this wrestle this struggle that you just keep on coming back to and keep on coming back to and it might mm. be totally opposite from ours like I know for some people it might be like the fight of like apathy and lethargy and mm. has just taken over and that's driving the seat and just there's this little scared creature in the shadows mm. in the back seat going, hey, maybe <gasps> we could do something today, but I'm really scared to do that and get out of the house. And yes. like that might be the the binary. So I'd love list, our wonderful listeners. Um, what's your what's your binary? What's like mm. the wrestle, the struggle? And, and could you 
bring it a little bit separate from yourself and give these these inner creatures some names and begin to have a conversation and let them have conversations mm-hmm. with each other. Um, I think would be such a beautiful thing stemming out of this this yeah, podcast. Amazing. It's the beginning of well, I know for me and perhaps for others too, the beginning of, of this reconciliation and and then integration so that yeah. these attributes of your whole <laughs> rather than being yeah. in conflict or intention, then become mutually um, serving. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if then in our creativity, I mean, that then allows us to, um, like even our creative projects, our, like our very specific creative things that we're doing, f- to give that part of us that haven't, hasn't mm. had much of a voice to give that part of us more voice is only going to enhance our creative play. Like it's only going to enhance, I think, whether we're writing or painting or doing whatever, our creative projects, um, to allow that part of ourselves to speak. And maybe maybe it, like, if, if this is all way too... I don't know, psychological, <laughs> philosophical for you. Like, you know, this is out of the, I just want to paint a bloody picture. <laughs> Not um, very practical. <laughs> no, but I think it is, even in the sense of go paint a picture, mm. but let one part of you paint a picture mm. and then let the other paint a picture and then try, and then do like a, a series of this and all that and then do some together and how would they impact each other? Like bringing both of the, the voices together into our creative projects. I think it's like it can only blossom, they can only mm. blossom more. It's not going to make them worse in Not at way. all. <laughs> like what a, it's a whole new world to explore, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Which can only be good. If I could swim from here to there, maybe I could come up for air. Find a way to stand my two feet on the ground. As you said, I want to pick a little bit more up on where these things began. Mm -hmm. Like, because I think that's really important to go actually, because part of not rejecting either of these parts of our Mm. lives, of ourselves and how we engage with the world, part of not rejecting it is to welcome them in, to give them names, to chat to them. Um, but also to find out their backstory, <laughs> like to go, to go. Actually, where where did you start? Where did you start in my life? Why are you here? And and that kind of conversation um, of where did you come from? Why? What have you been protecting? Like, and honouring them and thanking these these being these parts of us to go. Thank you for protecting me from mm. the world. And, and I wonder, in relation to you, Emma, um, I, one of your songs that I love um, is mm-hmm. The Story, um, the, one of the gentling songs, The Story. And I'm just assuming it's about you. <laughs> um, when I heard it, it felt like it was about you or it could be some generic character, but it, it sounds like the wrestle is yours and the struggle is yours, whether the experience itself. Can you tell us about The Story, this song, what so- it's about? Sure, you are correct. It is based on a true story, (laughs) my own, (laughs) as a young girl um, playing in the playground with friends and how it came about. So this is a strong memory that I have of a time at school. I was six years old and playing with friends um, in in the playground and 
I can't remember exactly what was said, but someone was mean to me <laughs> and they hurt my feelings yeah, yeah. and I yeah. got angry and we'd been playing in, you know, mm. if you imagine that sort of gravelly pebble of, of an Australian um, schoolyard, bit of bitumen in there, yeah. <laughs> um, bit of glass, <laughs> a glass, a glass shards. <laughs> empty <laughs> twisties packet. Um, and I, anyway, I had some of this gravel in my hand and I was angry and I threw it down and the gravel um, hit the ground and then um, rebounded into this other girl's leg and mm. she started crying. And the teacher came over and, of course, the other girl's crying. And instead of saying, yeah, she's crying because she was mean to me. <laughs> and so I threw the rocks down on the ground because I was angry. I, was, I just didn't want to get into trouble. And so all I could say was, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. A story I have told for years About a little girl crying tears Everyone says she's done no good she says she's misunderstood. Anyway, and, and how I had always recounted it in my head was, in fact, I didn't mean to, it was just an accident. But, you know, fast forward, like, oh, I don't know how many years, <laughs> um, 20 years or however, more than that, probably. <laughs> a few years. And I'm telling a friend about it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm about to trot yeah. out that familiar line of, oh, I accidentally threw the gravel down and it accidentally hit her. And I huh. was like, actually, no, I was just really angry and I threw the rocks down yeah. and they hit her and I was angry because she hurt me. And it was just wow. this realisation of, I suppose... I'd been trying to tell the story in a way that didn't acknowledge how I felt that I'd been hurt um, by this yeah. person. I'd just yeah. been telling the story in a way that meant that I didn't look bad. <laughs> um, I didn't want to look yeah. bad. I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, yeah. But then the liberty in being able to say, you know, actually what happened was she really hurt my feelings <laughs> and I was angry and upset yeah. and I reacted to that. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, going to tell it different from now on and, and being okay with maybe being a bit bad sometimes because huh. I'm human. <laughs> Playing games in the schoolyard There were sticks and stones and broken hearts Two little girls got hurt that day Only one little girl took the blame Was it, jo was it Joni or Jane who threw those rocks down? Definitely Joni. It sounds like a Joni move. Total Joni move like and move. total Jane move to and cover Jane, it up. <laughs> to yeah. cover it all up, Jane's, yeah. Jane's the cover up. Yeah. No, it's fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. Going to cover it up. It wasn't. I didn't mean to. Yeah. It was an accident. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So I, I wonder if that, like, thinking back, if that's one of the. It's obviously one of the. It's got to be one of your first memories as a six-year-old yeah, or something really like that. Weird. Like already, already Jane and yeah. Joni uh, are in yeah. your life from way yeah. back then as ways of protecting yourself. So, so the anger is a way of protecting yourself. Like you're feeling, feeling yeah. upset and wanting to protect yourself. And then Jane comes in and is like, no, 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 that's it. We can't protect ourselves like that. We need yeah. to actually just cover it up and everything's fine. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm yeah. good. Everything's good. Um, uh, that's incredible yeah. from six. Yeah, uh, it's very strong and, and I can 
see that pattern repeated in lots of ways, a, a lot around trying to avoid getting in trouble, actually. <laughs> I think I, I'm often said, I don't, oh, anyway, I don't know if I can say this, I don't mind doing the wrong thing, but I hate getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, you know, Joni, oh, Joni, like, was often running late, um, always forgot mm. her tuck shop money and her dolomite 50 cents. Later on was always <laughs> handing in essays late, you know, like, disorganised. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of ways that Joni could get in trouble and Jane, yeah, Jane did not like that. Joni didn't really like, well, yeah, no. I don't think Joni cares as much actually about getting in trouble, but yeah, there's this yeah. other part of me that really feared that. Um, and so hypervigilance <laughs> and um, yeah. covering over and, and, and being on top of it and, and getting really organised and not letting anything slip through the cracks. Yeah. yeah that was definitely a yeah. protective move. So you were the, you were the good girl. You were the good girl at, all throughout school, compliant, wouldn't that, get in trouble. Unless Joni, unless Joni, <laughs> yeah, doing up. my best. Well, yeah, doing my best to do that. It's probably something that um, I got better at, actually. Um, as time went on, probably mm. at school, I was still battling. <laughs> um, but as time went on, and and certainly since that time, yeah, got pretty good at Jane. Yeah, Jane, you gave Jane the, the keys <laughs> yeah. to the car. Here yeah. you go, Janie. And Janie had to sit. Yeah, in the boot. couldn't be trusted. Yeah. Oh, and but then, and in, and in relation to the song, I love um, the chorus line. The chorus is amazing in it. Said if only you could see the real me inside my heart, you'd see the streets paved with golden intentions. If only I was free and I could speak just what I think and how I feel without the need for reinvention. Story I have told so long. Gonna tell it different from now. It's it's perfect in relation yeah. to this. Like it's perfect to it's such a beautiful um, chorus that names exactly what you said that for so long like mm. for however many years you had mm. tricked yourself into like this is the truth of it. I reinvented you reinvented the story mm. to protect yourself. Um, to shut Joni up. And then through that conversation, it was like, actually, no, I need to tell this story differently yeah. now. And I need to own this Joni part of myself. And that, that anger, that wildness, mm. coming back to our wild brumbies yep. and gentling, it all yeah. comes together, doesn't it? Um, and, and now in the movement in your life and the season of your life of going, no, I need to hold these disparate parts of myself together and tell this mm. new story. Like I'm going to tell the story of my life differently from now on. That all this conversation feels like that. That's what you're doing, which is a yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And that that sense of grief that we talked about, like, is so mm. has changed. That's it's different. And mm. and you know, we talked about too that it's not even. Um, the externals changing necessarily, but this profound shift internally of who I am in what I'm doing rather than just what I'm doing. But what I am yeah. also noticing is that in being that more authentic self of stepping past the fear and the wanting to cover up and reinvent, I can actually be free to yeah. make different choices and things in the external 
are most yes. certainly starting to look different. So, yeah, I mean, that, that starts wow. to shift as well. But for me, it, that's totally the right order of things rather than changing things in the external first. It's so good, yeah, to, to name... To name all of these realities then gives you the perspective to go, okay, so what do I, if I'm going to let let Joni have mm. more of a say, if I'm going, to, for me, if I'm going to let my tortoise, if I'm going to let her speak more and say, slow down, yeah. son, slow oh, down. I just got so excited when you said that, actually, <laughs> when you said, um, if I let my tortoise, you know, take charge or <laughs> say what I do, I just, anyway, I just felt excited. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but it's exciting. That's good. I didn't. I felt daunted by her. But I need her. I need her. And she is beautiful. And I I can see the times in my life when I have let her, when I've let her out Mm. to play and and given her the driver's seat. And she has only done, ever done good stuff for me. She really has. Um, So I honour you, little tortoise. And I'll think of a name for you soon. (laughs) I promise. Um, That's beautiful. uh, This is, this is so special. It really, really is. I think it's like, it's just like life changing stuff. And, and just to finish off on that point of once we do the naming and have the conversations, then as you said, that's when the externals Mm. begin to change. Like that's when it's like, so how do I now in my life create rhythms and practices that allow my tortoise to be more present, that allow Joni to have more of a voice and to shape things? Um, that's the end point. As you said, I think that's mm. the right order. I think the right order um, so that we're not grasping and, and thinking that change all the externals and then and everything's going to be fine. But actually it's centering ourselves in who we mm-hmm. really are and not not bluffing away like you had done with that story, not bluffing away and and ignoring and pretend like we're so good yeah. at tricking ourselves. But actually, this is the call to come back. Um, and so maybe like, do, do you want to, we're going to head, I'm going to head into a finish. Do you want to say anything to to the the Janes and Jonies out there? Do you want to say anything to um, to the listeners, to those people who are sitting there thinking, um just trying to get their heads around this. What what do you want to say to them, to these creative artists? I think um, for me, this feels like my most important work. <laughs> wow, yeah. And, you know, what comes from that will come from that. Um, so I would say for the person with whom this is striking a chord... This could be your most important work, um, so mm. please honour it. Have courage, take heart um, and honour honor that. And, and I think, you know, it is this huge step. It requires courage. Um, you know, it required courage for me to say, actually, I threw the rocks because I was really angry um, and in my head I can hear, you might mm. think I'm really bad. You know, there's this big fear. But then on the other side of it, what you realise is this, you know, this liberty. And so, yeah, have courage and know (laughs) that Mm. there's such beauty and freedom, yeah, in sort of stepping into this. Oh, it's so good. Yes, friends, may you indeed go and sit with yourself and those parts of yourself and... um, 
have those conversations and ask them their names and where they have come from and honor them for the way that they've protected you and work out how they integrate into your creativity and how you can give that part of yourself that hasn't had a voice, uh, give her, that's a her for me, as you know, give your tortoise um, the space that they need in your life. Um, there's, ah, uh, that is this has been freaking amazing, Emma. <laughs> I love this stuff. Thank you so much for being. This is oh, I just absolutely love it. I think it's as you said. I think it's some of it's mm. our most important work. Like this stuff is our most important work because it's not just about making beautiful creative things. This is like this is like relationship saving mm. shit. This is mm. this is self saving mm. stuff. This is the heart of yeah. so much. Um, is yeah. really beautiful. So thank you for being on this on the Deep Place podcast and taking us to that deep place. It's, it's been wonderful. I'm thank so, you so pleased much. to have had this conversation with you. Thank you, Joel. Mm. Okay.